and for his mercy. We thank the Lord this morning for another day that he has made that we can come together and rejoice and be glad in it and that we have a word of testimony, you know, amen, to how good and how great our God is. Look at what the Lord <clears throat> has done. Amen. Truly blessed, blessed, blessed of the Lord this morning. Amen. You know, God has blessed us to see another day, brand new day. So, Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor this morning. Uh, amen. For being able to celebrate and greet <clears throat> Pastor Phoebe this morning, Lord God, with birthday wishes. We thank you for how you have blessed her, Lord. Truly, truly blessed, Lord God. Gift to the body, gift to all of us. And we just appreciate, Lord God, you giving her to us for 49 years, to the ministry, to the work, Lord God, to the world, God, basically. Her and her husband who have stood firm for 29 years and labored together. May this be a wonderful day, God, of, of, of receiving celebration and not just toleration for her and her family. So, Father, we give you praise for that. Now, Lord, as we open up your word, we pray this morning, Lord God, for a blessing. We declare a word of blessing on all veterans out there, Lord God, regardless of the branch of service, <clears throat> regardless of how long they serve, regardless, Father, of ultimate sacrifice or a little sacrifice, whatever the case, we just want to honor all veterans this morning, Lord God, and their family members, Lord God. And we just thank you for our freedom fighters that are still actively out there, Lord God, continuing to fight to defend our way of life, our democracy, and our freedoms. And Lord, we thank you that we not take these freedoms for granted, but that we be appreciative and grateful, a grateful nation, Lord God, for, and, and just be uh understanding today what it means to say thank you for your service to a deserving man or woman who donned that uniform for their country, for our world allies. So we give you praise, glory, and honor as we enter into our day of celebration. Let it be a blessing, Lord God, our, our, our 2021 Veterans Day observance where we're doing an official retreat, Lord God, where we're going to honor some veterans. 29 of them are in our families that will be honored today and so, so many others that will come from around the community. Bring them safely, Lord God, and as all these celebrations and commemorations and honoring services for veterans that they are going on, God, free meals at, at different restaurants and discounts at local businesses. But God, we lift it all up to you. We thank you. And may our veterans continue, Lord God, to cease from committing suicide and may society begin to embrace them and help them and provide for them. May their claims be processed. May they get the full benefit, Lord God, of all that they have sacrificed, God, our wounded warriors, Lord God, those who have traumatic brain injuries and PTSD, God, all those that are suffering, God, amputees, God, all of them, may doors of favor and blessing be open to them this day, God, not only this day, but every day. May they be appreciated, Lord God, and not just tolerated for their service. May they be embraced and not thrown to the side and forgotten about, Lord God. But Father, may their, 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 their stories be told, Lord God, and may there be ears to listen and to hear and to provide comfort, Lord God, in a safe place for them. Now, God, that they provide a safe place for us, that we not take our freedoms for granted. And we thank and praise you for all those agencies and organizations that are out there to support veterans, that it not be fraud, waste, and abuse, but they use them and their story and their testimony, Lord God, to be able to benefit and to make money and profit off of it when the veterans are suffering a great loss, God. And so we pray in the name of Jesus for all those Lord God, right now that are serving, that will serve in the future, God. We lift it all up to you, God. Bring blessings upon them in favor and put a hedge of protection. 
Right, our men and women that are in arms way right now. God, the thoughts of those commanders who put them in arms way. God, give them the wisdom, the knowledge based on historical precedent, Lord God, of how to employ tactics, how to employ, Lord God, our men and women, oh Lord God, that they come back alive, oh God. And then so we give you praise, going on, and I bring healing to this nation in that area, God, into our, our, our lives of our veterans and their family members as you bring our sons and our daughters home, Lord God. We're praying that they receive all the honor, Lord God, for their faithful service rendered to our country, a grateful nation, Lord God. And so, Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor for the veterans that are in our ministry, God, Pastor Eric, myself, Pastor Sharon, many, many others, oh, Lord God. We have 29 of them that we will honor and recognize today. They, they will go on display, Lord God, in a case with a flag, Lord God, to be there forever for our future generations and know that these men and women have paid the the price serving their country, God. May they be honored today to the full extent all over the world today. In Jesus' name, on foreign soil and here at home is our prayer today in Jesus' name. Now, Father, bless on this word this morning that we open up your word to learn the revelations of Jesus Christ. We thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Just want to make a, uh, a administrative uh, reminder that there will not be wisdom called tonight. We will be celebrating our Veterans Day observance over in Bainbridge, Georgia. So do not call in tonight at 7.30 because we will not be having um, wisdom call Thursday night, regular wisdom call tonight in Bible study. That is, that is postponed right now because of our Veterans Day celebration would take precedent. So if you know someone that's going to get on, pass that word on to them and let them know we will not have Thursday night wisdom call and Bible study and prayer tonight because we'll be celebrating uh, late in the evening our Veterans Day observance, amen, starting at 4.30 till 5.30. And uh, so we're not going to try to cram it in, amen, because we, we'll, we'll be celebrating that today, amen. All right, then, we'll praise the Lord, praise the Lord again. This is Pastors Lester Sharon Hayes here this morning. Greet all of you in the awesome, incredible, amazing name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we're going to open up our study this morning, Creating Prayer Culture for God in Bible study and prayer, where we're going to talk about uh, more in-depth the revelations of Jesus Christ. Amen. Those misconceptions that are out there hopefully will be dispelled this morning through this teaching. Amen. Hearing some truth, being able to dissect the Word of God, cut the Word of God straight, open up the Word of God as it's been opened up to us, revealed unto us the deeper truths and revelations that's contained in the Word is what we're seeking after this morning. Amen. So we can you know, uh, un unravel some of these misconceptions that are out there that have deceived so many. And being able to walk away at the end of the day with proof that we really, really know God. Uh, we know him by the word. We know him by the spirit. Amen. We don't know him by the tradition of men and the doctrine of devils and false teaching and preaching and lies. We don't know him by all of that. We know him by this unadulterated, infallible, authentic word of God, the original moral and ethical truth, the standards of God, his spoken word right here. That's what that's how we know him. Amen. And so thank God for these revelations helps us to be able to pass these tests that we're going to have to endure. Amen. And to be able, amen, to escape out of all these common temptations under man that are out there, knowing that God won't put any more on us that we just wait on him. We will be able to renew our strength and mount it with wings as eagles and run and not be weary and walk and not faint, according to the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verse 31, the King James Bible. So we want to be able, amen, to pass these tests. And, and right now we're, we're dealing with test number five, amen, and we got a couple of more, amen. But we'll be well prepared to pass those tests. So this is what we're going to talk about this morning, what is being revealed, what revelation, 
what warnings, what teachings, what advice is given from the scripture, you know, what is foretold, what was foretold by the prophets and the apostles, because that's the greatest foundation that's been laid. We don't need to recreate nothing. We just cut it straight, study it, show ourselves the proof in the God is workmen need not be ashamed that we can rightly cut it straight, rightly divide this word. Amen. Because we know that the Antichrist is already out there in the ranks, some in the pulpit, in the churches. We know that some folks in the church have already gone out of the church back into the world as apostates. Amen. We know that there are real deceivers out there. This is not some fictitious character that we make up, you know, but there are real, real deceivers out there. Amen. Uh, you know, have already gone into the churches, even though some of the saints that have that, that are really loyal to the to the to the faith and to the ministry have left. The Bible said in the last day we would see that called apostasy and apostates. Apostates are those who do that. Well, and we have ministers. There's ministries and ministers out there. The Bible calls them the ministers of the doctrine of devils. And so we just want to be aware, reveal what has been foretold. I didn't make up these terms. They're right there in the Bible. Uh, some people have other names for them, but I'm just going to say what the word says about them. Amen. You know, I keep my personal feelings, what I think about them to myself, because it don't help my case. It don't prove nothing to God. Amen. It just shows how ignorant I am. So I'm going to call them what the word calls them. Amen. That should be good right there because that's what that's what the words say. So we say what the words say and uh, they have to conform. They have to take it, you know, <laughs> you know, so it's God's word, whether they want to or not, whoever they are. So, you know, they profess that they know God, but in works, they deny him being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. <laughs> that ain't what they're in it for. You know, it's what they can get out of it. It's, it's how many people they can get to serve them and to load them down with all this praise and adoration like they God, like they know more wiser than God. They know more than God. And we know who those people are out there because Titus, what I just read you is a verse of scripture out of Titus chapter one, verse 16, the King James Bible. See, that's the word describing them. You know what I'm saying? So they know not God. They profess that they do, but they know not God. They don't know him, but in works, they deny him. That's how you tell. You know, are you working what you preach? Are you working what you teach? You know, do you even say anything else about it after you done spewed it out there and added stuff to it and, you know, in, in from the pulpit? You know, so is it just a talking piece for you? Or, you know, do you really know God? You know, personally, you might know of him. You can talk about him, but do you really talk to him? Amen. And so you know him by their works and, and being abominable. Man, when God looks at something and says it's abominable, it's it's bad, you know. And whether we say it or not, you know, but if God says it, we just say what God said. He said being abominable and disobedient. We know that disobedience, man, you know, that, that stinks in the nostrils of God. You know, that's what Israel did and, and got put in the in the captivity so God could teach them that they couldn't live by their ways, by their deceptions, by their laws, by their rules, by their regulations. They violated all of them. And Jesus had to come and fulfill them to put us back in right standing with God because God was going to punish them. And they did get punished. You know, he divorced them. They went into captivity. They never really made it into the promised land. The way they started out is not how they ended up. They started out with all of those people coming out of, out of Egypt, but not all of them went into the promised land. Everybody who was 40 years and older, once they crossed the sea, they went back into idolatry and started thinking about what they had left back there. And they built, took up jewelry and gold and melted and built a calf like they had back there. And they worshiped that thing until Moses came back 
and, and, and broke that tablet, which was the instructions to carry them into the promised land. This word that we're dealing with, these revelations, it's instruction to carry us into eternity. That's our promised land that awaits us at the end of this journey. It's what God has promised, those rewards where we're going to wear our crown, where we're going to be with the Lord forever. Wow, we're going to be like him. We can see him the way he is. And of that kingdom, there will be no end. And so this is what it's all about. Amen. We don't just profess God. We, 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 we profess him and we show that we know him by what we do, what we live and how we live. And he goes on to say in the book of Second Peter, chapter two, verse one of the King James Bible. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privately shall bring in uh, a damnable heresy, okay, even denying the, uh, the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. That's in the book of Second Peter, chapter 2, verse 1 of King James Bible. Now, Peter ought to know. Remember, Peter denied him three times. So Peter ought to know. Peter ought to know some of the things that he witnessed, you know, in his own life some of his shortcomings, some of the people that he had to deal with, some of the very people who pointed at him and said, wasn't you with him? Peter saw their conduct and their action, and it was damnable, you know. And look at what he said. It's heresies. You know, heretics, just like apostates, they have a certain doctrine, a certain language that they speak and that they go by, that they live. And it's not the works of the Lord. It's to try to bring people away from the works of the Lord because they feel like, they don't want to share their glory with Jesus. And Jesus is saying, well, I feel the same way about you. I'm jealous. You know, I, I share my glory with whoever I want to. You share yours with the, to, the, to the highest bidder. And he called that heresy. Heresy is for someone who knows the truth. You know, they may have been a part of it. They don't like it because it cuts them out. Well, it cuts them out the way that they want to be in. They want it to be about them. They don't want to humble themselves under the hand of God. They don't want to look up to Jesus as the, as the author and finisher. No, they want to look at Moses and Abraham and all of those high priests and those folks, you know, you know, the Caesars of the day, you know, the kings and the queens, like other nations and other tongues and other tribes. And Jesus is saying, no, there's only one God. There's a body with many members. And they got to be rightly, knitly, fitly joined together by the one common thing that God gives us. That's the word that's universal, the gospel for everybody. You know, not all these other streams of doctrine and all these other denominations that deny the supremacy of God, the deity of Christ. You know, 4,400 different denominations that you've heard us say many a times, looking for something else, looking for another way. And there is a way out there that under man that seemeth right. But book of Proverbs, chapter 14, verse 12, the King James Bible said, lead it to the way of destruction, death. Heresy will lead to death if you stay in it. Apostasy will lead to death if you stay in it. Murdering, lying, cheating, de doctrine of devils, you know, hypocrisy. Those things will end in destruction. This is what he's saying themselves swift destruction but look at what he said and they bring upon themselves swift destruction you know word gives life and we have to live who we are and if we have the word we have life so we have to live life we have to live who we are the life that god has given us now we know in the book of john chapter 10 verse 10 the king james bible says yo jesus warns and say hey he's talking to his disciples now Probably because they're not really paying attention. You got life right there with you. The living word is with you, been with you so long. And you still doubting him and you still questioning him and you still betraying him. All these miracles that he's done, these signs, these wonders, and you still don't believe. And he said, well, okay, well, more blessed going to be those who, who believe that don't need a sign. Their name 
written in the Lamb's Book of Life should be enough to cause them to rejoice. You know, and so he 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 goes on there to say that you know that they're going to be brought to upon them swift destruction. You know, that's what he says. He says in the Book of Psalms, chapter one hundred seven, verse twenty, King James Bible. David penned this that God has sent His Word, Jesus Christ, the living incarnated Word. God sent Him. Okay, to heal us and to give us life, you know, you know, to deliver us from destruction. He says it right there, his word. He, he sent Jesus to deliver us from that destruction. He sent his word to deliver us from being destroyed from sickness, disease, infirmity, you know, the wages of sin and death, the gift of God, the eternal life. He, comes, he came to break that stronghold, to free us from that. And today, it's still the same thing. He's doing the same thing today. He's just doing it as a high priest and assessor. And he's given us the word of God, documented what's been foretold. They had a chance. They blew it. It was given to us. We had a chance. Some of us blew it. Some of us blowing it today. But thank God for the good ground that's receiving the word. And once that happens, we know there's going to be an ear and then a, a seed, an ear, then a full blade in the ear, man. You know, that word ain't coming back void, amen. And so it goes on to say in the book of 1 John chapter 2, verse 22 is where we're at today. It says, who is a liar, but he that denied that Jesus is the Christ. That's a liar. You know what I'm saying? He is Antichrist also. That's, that's, how, that's how you know. That denieth the Father and the Son, you know. They don't, want to, they don't want to hear you preach about Jesus, the Father, the Son, Abba. They rather hear you talk about Muhammad, the great Muhammad, you know, Buddha, you know, Rosary with Mother Mary, you know, all these other things, you know, that they, and people that they worship rather than worshiping the true, the one and only living God. And Jesus already told them, starting to say, you too are going to worship him. Told the world too, and it's still today true. Every knee will bow before him and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. It's best to do it now while it's your choice. When he comes and appear as a, as, as a great white throne uh, judge, judge right, righteous and just, it'll be too late then. If your name didn't get written in the Lamb Book of Life before then because you rejected him before men, it'll be too late then because now you stand a chance of being rejected before the Father by him. And he only judges in righteousness. Amen. So he said, hey, who are a liar and he that denieth not Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Christ. He is antichrist that denieth the father and the son. You know, this is what he's saying in the word. There. So let's talk about denial. Denial of Jesus Christ, which is uh, sometimes we, we said yesterday or the other day when we taught this is atheism. Deny Jesus Christ, the Son, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. That's, a, that's what atheism looks like right there, which is the denial of the existence of God. You know, there are those who deny his existence, you know, because they can't see him, you know. That's why they put all their confidence and the trust in a man. Again, he said these are liars, but they're liars because they deny that Jesus is the Christ. You know, that person is an antichrist. See, anti means opposed, against, you know. And a lot of time when that's the case, they fall away, apostasy. Or they go change it and try to make it fit into their doctrine, which is heresy. And so, you know, he says right there, and what they end up doing, they deny the Father and the Son. Amen. And so verse 23 says, Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that, and there's, this, is, this is part A of the scripture, he says, but he 
that acknowledges the Son hath the Father also. My God. Denying Jesus Christ denies God. That's all that's saying. When you deny Jesus the Son, you deny God. When you deny the Holy Spirit, you deny the Father and the Son. You know. And so that, that word denying gets a lot of folks in trouble, you know. You know. You know. And see, you don't really have to uh, see God in order to accept God because he gives you 66 books of precious promises. This is his voice. This is his love letter to us. And I know in there, there's a lot of harsh things that happen to the people of God, a lot of punishment, a lot of judgment, a lot of death sentences was, was signed on them. But he warned us it's the best he could do. I, I have called heaven and earth today to witness against you that I've set before you life and death, not choose ye life. He can't, you know, it's going to get no more clear than that. A God who give life, take life is telling you, man, how to receive life that you can live, not only you, but you and your children. That's love. And then if you don't, because he did it out of love, he would chasten those whom he loved. It's not the most horrible thing in the world to be chastened by God. That's the best thing if it'll get you to turn back to God. The worst thing is not to do it and end up dying with it undone. Now I got to wait in the great, you know, gulf and wait to find out my fate. And can you imagine the torment like the man who wanted, you know, somebody to stick a finger in the, and put finger in some cold water and put it on his tongue and to go warn his brothers and sisters was coming after him? He couldn't do nothing. He had to just sit there and wait and look at his family members suffering without the knowledge that he had, he had forsaken or he had abandoned or he had rejected. And a lot of people are like that, you know. Tell the people the truth while they can be free from it. You know, that's what the Lord is saying. Remember, he said, Father, I'm, I'm praying that you sanctify them with thy word. Thy word is truth and keep them that you have given to me. Why? Because they are free. And if God keep them, that means other people can be free through their work, through what they do. You know, and uh, he goes on to say, you know, uh, that confession of faith is so important. You know, it, it counsels any denial of him. But. The confession of faith requires some type of duty, you know, not just uh, doing it because it's the right thing to do. No, this has to be the whole duty of a man, you know, to fear God and keep his commandments. Do that work that he said you was going to do. See, that's our duty and obligation if we say we know him. How do we prove it? You know, do we do what we preach? You know, just a question, just a, a question to ponder. Nobody got to feel guilty this morning. Just take it to heart, you know, and just say, hey, uh, what about my confession of faith? You know, is it is it constant? Is it persistent? You know, or does it go with every wind that comes along, every wind that blows, or, you know, every wind of doctrine, you know? So that's our duty. Uh, it's, it's, it's not, it's confirmed by a verbal allegiance you know like we pledge the allegiance to the flag but there ought to be a verbal allegiance we have too that expresses the our inner commitment that comes from the heart you know we ought to share what's in our heart with god well every morning you know like this morning you know we came to talk with him we came to uh you know to adore him and, and to to make known our love and adoration toward him this day you know and so it's, it's that verbal allegiance, you know, your pledge of allegiance to him. I pledge my allegiance to the Lord God Almighty, Abba, Father, Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, son of the living God, 
acknowledge you. We make known our adoration and love towards you this day, Father. We enter your gates with thanksgiving. We come in your courts with praise. We will greatly magnify you, Lord. We will bless the Lord at all times. See, you, you, you're giving that verbal allegiance to him because of that inner commitment out of your heart. That's why David was a worshiper. He had external problems, but he had internal commitment. Because he would get away after he messed something up, man, and go to crying out to God. That's what Psalm 51 is all about. Things that he wished he could, he didn't do, and he's hoping and praying that he'll never do them again because they were too costly. People die, you know, and this is why there should be so much emphasis put on the penalty for denying the Son and the Father and the Holy Ghost, you know, denying his truth. What about that confession of faith? Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's the faith we preach, how to please God, how to put hope in that word, confidence in that word, reliance on that word, you know, assurance in that word. These are precious promises from God. We ought to put them in our heart, hide them so that we don't sin against God. Why? Because once I open up and give my verbal expression of allegiance to him, hopefully it's coming out of a pure heart. This is why David said, Father, created me a clean heart and renew within me a right spirit, a steadfast spirit. Because David know that Worship comes from the heart. When everything else on, on the outside has died to you and it's no longer appealing to you, you have no verbal allegiance to it. Now your commitment is what's in your heart because the Bible says the issues of life are in your heart. The things you love are in your heart. And if God has not shed that love of God abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost, you might be hating something that's a blessing because you don't like it. Well, God did it because he knows what's best for you. He didn't ask you, do you like this? He asks you, do you believe this? And sometimes it's just a promise that God made you until it manifests. That's faith. You know, you know, substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's delayed, but it's not denied. We tell, we tell people that all the time. Don't deny God. Let God determine when and where and how he want to bless you. We try to strong on him sometimes, you know, microwave mentality. You know, and he goes on to say, you know, about that confession of faith. That's our duty, that verbal allegiance, that inner uh, commitment to express love and adoration toward God means more to God than, to, than anything. Uh, in the book of Matthew, chapter 10, verse 32, the King James Bible says this. Whosoever, therefore, shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my father, which is in heaven. See, that's the promise. That's the reward right there. You know, when you express to him that verbal allegiance to him, that interpersonal commitment out of your heart toward God, because he looks at the heart. He hit the mouth, but he looks at the heart. You know, he said, there are those who worship me in, 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 in lip service only, but their heart is far from me. You know, he goes on to say, you know, uh, return to thine own house and show how great things God has done unto thee. And he went his way and published, listen to this, throughout the whole city, how great things Jesus has done unto him. So obviously this is one of those individuals who had a problem, couldn't solve it. Nobody could solve it. Nobody could heal it. Nobody could deliver them from it. Nobody could separate them from it. No one could take it away from them. No one could give them faith to believe that they could be free of it until they met Jesus. And Jesus said, now go back. Because most folks ain't going to believe it if you just don't go, go back and show them. Go back and tell them. You know, let them see what the Lord, great things the Lord has done. You know, you know. 
And, and, and maybe some will believe it when they see it. Some folks will tell you that in a minute. I believe it when I see it. I was just telling the person yesterday as I was out. If you don't believe it, you ain't going to see it. And this person here came to Jesus believing that Jesus could help solve him. Why? Because of the fame of Jesus. Because of what had been published and told about Jesus to the people. And they gathered from everywhere. People and friends, family brought them to Jesus in hopes that everything that was said would be confirmed with signs and wonders. And it was. Because Jesus didn't only say he was the son of God or he was the son of man or he was the Christ, the Messiah, the only one. He actually went and lived it. And he had the miracles, signs, and wonders to back it up. He was touched with all kinds of infirmities. And because of in his heart, he was the Christ. But in, in reality, in physically, he was the son of man. But he still had that heart, man of God. And so he acted on what was in his heart sometimes before he acted on what, you know, what his, his, his status was, the son of man. That's compassion, y'all. Knew every day, you know, came through Jesus Christ, you know. And he goes on to say, uh, also I say unto you, whosoever shall confess me before men, he shall the son, he says, him shall the son of man also confess before the angels of God. I can just imagine when that person in the verse we just read went and showed himself back to his, returned back to his own house. I could just imagine what that meant to Jesus to see this person without question, obey him and go do it. I can just imagine, you know, sort of like Stephen, when, when Jesus was sitting on the throne and Stephen is being stoned and the Bible said, when he said, father, forgive them, they're not what they're doing. Jesus, Bible said, Jesus stood up book of Acts chapter seven. He stood up, you know, he's looking for those true servants. He's looking for those people that only don't have it, only have it in word, but they have it in deed. And, and you know, and there it was right there. He saw Stephen, his, it brought Jesus to his feet. You know, such great faith, boldness coming down on him. He's, he's going to die, but he's, he's imitating me to the end. And here is this person, Jesus said, return back, and they return back and go do exactly what he said do. See, that's what a miracle of life should cause us to do. That's, that proves I know him by obeying him. Peter said, it's, it's better to obey. Don't you be out here preaching in the name of Jesus, Peter. You just come out of prison, been beaten, been whipped. And you go right on talking about Jesus. Peter said, hey, I had a, a moment of reflection. I was in chains. I was deep in the dungeon and walked out a free man. The walls separated. The chains came off. People got saved. The jailer got saved. West End got saved. And you think I'm not going to go out here as a free man and try to free people because I'm free? I'm going to stand fast in the liberty where Christ had made me free and talk about Jesus until everybody gets saved. Now, the people in the house was praying. But Peter was out there obeying God because he'd been freed again. He remembered what the Lord said to him. You're going to deny me. Peter said, I'm not this time, though. It's better to obey God than to obey man. You know, that's how we prove, you know, that, conf that, that confession of faith requires a corresponding action that we walk by faith and not by sight. You know, he said, if thou wouldst confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You know, book of Romans chapter 10, verse 9, King James Bible. It's right there, clear as day. It goes on to say in the book of Philippians chapter 2, verse 11, the King James Bible, it says, and that they, and he says, and that every tongue, listen now, every tongue, knowing that every tongue is not going to do it because there are tongues out there going to look for another way, another confession, you know, 
they're going to have their little ritualistic saying that they do is they bow and say certain things and they rub, rub and say three Hail Marys. And, you know, got all these other little substitutes they do when he says every tongue could confess that Jesus is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. That's what they should. That's what we should be teaching people's tongue to say and to do. You know, that's 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 the gospel. The power is in the name of Jesus. It ain't in three Hail Marys or whatever. Y'all know these people go to these confessions and they get on one side of the booth and they close a little dark curtain and the person is on the other side that they think can save them and forgive them and take away their struggles and their problems and they start confessing all their business and all their ills and wills and wrongdoings to that person. And when they open the curtain and walk out, they carry that stuff with them. They bought it there. They don't leave it because Jesus ain't on the other side. They take it back with them. Believing that, you know, I can go out here now and start anew and afresh. No, you didn't because if you didn't ask God to forgive you, if you didn't come to him as a priest and present yourself with your list of petitions, they remain with you. You know, because he is the, the one that forgives our sins and cleanses us of all our unrighteousness. And he said, I'm faithful and just to forgive those who ask me. Book of John, 1 John. Book of 1 John, chapter 1, verse 7 through 9. Faithful and just. He didn't say faithful and just for you to go get in a little booth and tell all your problems to another man who got problems. You know. Just, I'm just saying, you know, hey, he said they're going to be antichrist. They're going to be, you know, real false prophecies and teachers and all that stuff and, and deceivers. You know, they're out there, liars and, you know, form of God and deny the power thereof. So it says it right there, to the glory of God the Father. Philippians, book of Philippians, chapter 2, verse 11, the King James Bible. It goes on to say in the book of 1 John, chapter 4, verse 15, the King James Bible, whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. Just that simple. If you confess in Jesus, obviously Jesus must be in you. I'm not saying sometime. I'm talking about consistently. Every time something coming up in the name of Jesus. Remember what Colossians said? I, was, I gave this scripture to someone yesterday. But Colossians chapter 1, verse 17. It says, hey, everything that your hands find to do, you do it all to the glory of God. When you pray, you pray this way in this name. You know, it's right there. When they went out, 70 pairs were sent out by Jesus to go witness. He said, go in and, and witness in my name. And they came back with a good report and said, demons tremble at that name. You're right, they do. Darn right, they do. He was teaching over there, man, in the book of Mark, chapter 16. I shared this script yesterday, too, with someone. 16, verses 16 and 17. He says, hey, signs and wonders follow those who believe. And in my name, you shall cast out demons. In my name, you shall lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. In my name, you speak with the new tongue. It's time for people to speak with the new tongue. What is that new tongue, Pastor? It's not a bunch of gibberish that you nobody understand you. It's speaking amen. A new tongue is I'm speaking faith and not doubt. The Bible says the faith that we preach in love without compromise, that's what free people. That's the new tongue. Not the tongue you pray when you, you know, when the Holy Ghost come on you for your edification, building yourself up in your most holy faith. But there's a new tongue. Paul and them learned that. They was in the book of Acts in the sixth chapter. <clears throat> they were doing all the work in the ministry. I'm talking about physical work. 
And Lord told them to look out among them and find somebody else and let them do that. And they go study the word so they can find out what their calling was. Their calling was to go share this good news. This glad tidings. Why? That was the power of God in the salvation. How can people believe if they don't hear? How can they hear if there ain't a preacher sent? You know? So he said, whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the son of God. How can you if you don't know nobody teach you about him? God dwelleth in him. And because he dwelt in them, they went. Paul and them went. They went and studied. They came back, and the first time the people heard them, Pastor Shavon, they said they speak like they've been with Jesus. They're speaking with the tongue of the learned now, which was a new tongue. Mm. And he said, if you drink any deadly poisonous thing, it will not harm you. And he's not talking about, uh, you know, going and get some, some strychnine and drinking. He's talking about, this is not physical talk. This is spiritual talk. And when you start drinking and eating off everybody's table, all that, all that false teaching and false prophecy and all that apostasy and, and heresy and all that stuff and tradition of men and doctrine of devils and messages of the Antichrist and the leaven of the Pharisee, the leaven of the whole lump, you know, that, that, that message of hypocrisy, it will poison you spiritually and you will die spiritually. It goes on to say in the book in the book of First John chapter two verse twenty three of the King James Bible, right back to where we started. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same that same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledges the Son hath also the Father. You have the Father also, you know. So it's it, it's it's all documented for our learning, Amen. And so we're gonna end right there. That's kind of the conclusion of test number um, test number. Uh, five, amen, and uh, uh, probably next week, Monday, we'll pick up text number six, letting the gospel remain in you. Okay, that's, 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 pick up that at verse 24. Letting the gospel, we done dealt with all the false stuff that remains in people, all the antichrist teaching, the doctrine of devils, man, we have, we have torn that apart, looked at the reference scriptures. Now we're going to talk about that test of letting the gospel remain in you. I like that word let. You know, in other words, what the Lord is saying, I'm not going to force this on you. Mm. You're hearing it just like everybody else. I'm not giving one gospel for somebody. Some people do that. But his gospel message is universal. But it's up to us to let. There has to be a willing and an obedient spirit to let this gospel, just how we let the mind of Christ be also in us. It's a let thing. Yes. God ain't twisting no arm, and we shouldn't twist people's arm to get them to believe. We let them hear the gospel, and we let them make a decision. And if that decision is rejection, we saw here, you know, we tell them that, hey, the scripture said, if you, re if you deny me, he's going to deny you. If you reject him, he's going to reject you. Just that simple. So we're going to end right there. Amen, Father. We thank you. We praise you this morning for this word. Lord God, how you have allowed us to see these warnings, to see these results, to see what happens when people confess you, but they don't follow through with corresponding action. They worship you and serve you with mouth service, lip service only, but their hearts are far from you. You have categorized them, Father. You have called them hypocrites. You have called them vipers. You have called them antichrist. You have called them real deceivers. You have called them liars and murders. And you have categorized, Father, each and every one of these uh, groups. Lord Thank God, you, Lord. you call them heresies and, and apostates falling away and changing what they know to be true to a false teaching and a Thank false you. doctrine deceiving many. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we're praying now that you protect those, sanctify them with that word that you have called, that you have chosen and singled out and anointed to do this work. That, Father, you will keep those 
that have been given and added to the ministry for the work of ministry, for the sake of ministry. I pray now that you give them the tongue of the learned, that they be not ignorant and understanding, but they be made aware of what thus say the Lord, and they be led by the Holy Spirit in the proclamation of the good news of the gospel, the glad tidings, and they do it with boldness, knowing, God, that you watch over your word to perform it. And as Peter said, it's better to obey God than to obey man. I've got to preach the gospel because I have the power of the Holy Ghost to help mm. me. And so, Father, let this be our fate. Now that we go forth, Lord God, with the word of God hidden in our hearts that we don't sin against you, that when we open up our mouths out of our hearts, out of the abundance of our hearts, our mouth will begin to speak nothing but the truth, unadulterated, infallible, authentic word of God, speaking that truth from the heart where it's hidden as a treasure in these earthland vessels in love without any compromise. We love you this morning. We confess that love. Now, Father, help us to back it up and prove it by going forth and living who we are, doing the work of God in love, being as you are in the earth, so are we. So we give you praise, Lord, and honor for it right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, then we're going to transition, bring in uh, our comments this morning. Pastor, I'm with Pastor Sharon. All right, Pastor Sharon. We'll praise the Lord and good morning.